0: and a leader in pelvic health. And we're going to have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey, Nicole. Hello. So coming off the heels of a episode we did a few ago on the art of running on time, we wanted to pull out, we got some really good comments from that one and actually a hilarious comment in our Accelerator business coaching group that made us want to talk a little bit about Chatty Cathy's and that kind of specific challenge to running on time.
0: Yes. And this is our little disclaimer. In this podcast episode, we use the term Chatty Kathy. With a ton of love and very endearingly, because these are the wonderful, wonderful patients who are the nicest people. They are the ones that you kind of just want to sit down on your couch at home and just and actually chat with them. They're the ones that are bringing you flowers, they're the ones that are. Just being really thoughtful about something that you said and then bringing you a picture of something. I mean, it's they're the nicest, nicest people, and they also could really put a wrench in your day if you let them run amok with their chatting.
1: Yes, and we talked about this a little bit in that Art of Running on Time podcast. If you missed that one, go back and check it out for a little bit of a broader look at running on time here. But these are not the people who have a bunch of questions at the end. I think that's a whole different problem, right, Nicole?
0: Yeah, totally. So, And we talked about the way to deal with that in your last five or last 10 of helping you to run on time with all different types of populations. But we wanted to sort of tease out this type of a person these little chatty Cathys, because they are actually really difficult, because they are super nice, and you do care about what they have to say for the most part. And I feel like there's a couple of personality traits with us as a broad group that help us to have a problem with this. Honestly,
1: right? And we were identifying that really it kind of falls into three categories. If you're having a hard time with this, I would guess you're in one of these three categories. One is that you're just really polite. And it does not come naturally to you to interrupt, to interject, to usher someone out the door. It would seem to be rude to you to do some of these things. We're going to help you out with some actual practical tips about that. But just check yourself right now. Is it a politeness thing? Which is not a bad thing to be.
0: It's not a bad thing to be at all. In fact, I would argue that you're way better than me because I have no problem being (laughs) rude most of the time. So but that can be a real challenge in this instance because you haven't practiced, you don't have experience really doing this even outside of the treatment space.
1: Right. So you might be too polite or polite, we won't say too polite, but you might be chatty yourself. And this was the the case of the person in our accelerator business coaching group had a hilarious thing. Usually every Friday, we're putting up something where we share either wins or things that have changed in the business. And those are some, we should actually read some of those on the podcast. They've been really cool to see. So fun. But this one was, she had actually done, we had a whole module on controlling the last five, making sure that you're giving your patient your clinical honest opinion. And that was a big win for her. She had done this with some of her chatty Cathy's, but her parentheses was the funniest part. She says, I'm doing way better with the chatty Cathy's parentheses. I'm low key one, two. Once I get going. (laughs) And I was like, yes, that's such a great thing to just identify about yourself. So that is the second category is like you're kind of a Chatty Cathy yourself, which is, again, a great overall character trait. But when you run into somebody who's doing that to you and then your temptation is to do that back, we have a a Barney situation with the appointment that never ends. (laughs)
0: But this is such a – I mean, I feel like this is such a wonderful – that sentence is such a wonderful, amazing thing of self-awareness too. And to not even really being apologetic about it. Just like I'm low-key one too. And that was just really hilarious. We talk about that a lot in the Cozine household because it was so – it was just so perfect. What a perfect little comment. What a perfect little act of, of self-awareness and then also being willing to change that as well to help with seeing the bigger picture of running on time and being clinically honest in that
1: group. And being authoritative, right? That was in the context of cool, being a little bit more authoritative starts to slip away if you're getting too chatty at the end with your people. And then the third category are people who don't really want it. In fact, you might be getting low key frustrated. Mad, like looking at the clock, but just don't really know how to end the session. Don't have the skills to make it stop. And Nicole, this I think was you. Low key rage. <laughs> but well, in, don't know how to end it properly in earlier in your career. Was that fair?
0: Earlier in my career, absolutely. And this is is also too you know, it's actually interesting you have a lot of social things going on like if it's someone that's significantly older than you you want to be even more respectful but so I can remember times when I think that I'm doing a good job I say my last piece and then I think I'm done I think the patient's picking up what I'm putting down and then they just start going and talking to me about stuff that I seriously don't care about and I'm a pretty driven goal-oriented person. And so it's like I have a job to do. Like I have my next person coming. This is before I really did a reset ritual and stuff like that. So I was like, let's move it on, sister. Like let's go. I've got my next person. She's got IC. I'm so super excited. And as the person's talking to me about, you know, their grandkid did this really cute thing. Let me show you a picture. I'm seriously in my (laughs) in my head being like, I cannot tell you how much I don't care about this and how much it's totally fucking up my day right now. I seriously want to just run out of here and I don't know what to do. And then you can kind of go from like, then you do more listening because you almost want it. You're so mean in your head that you're like, well, that can't come out. Let me ask you to show me another picture because that'll fix the problem. And so you're just in this mindset of like, you're either getting pissed or you're getting more and more anxious that you're, the time is like ticking away and, and And you're just in this state of like, I don't know what to do. And that is bad for these chatty Kathy situations because that gives them the green light to keep on talking. And now you're in this spiral. If you don't know what to do, they're just like, cool, I've got a freaking great audience right now. And then it leads into another conversation and you're just SOL. So that was me at the beginning before I really sort of honed in on how to do this well and how to do this in a way that didn't make anybody feel bad.
1: Yes. So a couple of things to just point out for each of these personality groupings, if you are letting folks talk because you want to be polite, we're going to just tell you right now, it is not rude to respect the boundaries. In fact, you're being more rude to your next patient by allowing that to go over, by making them sit in the waiting room without being able to do that. And you know the the folks who are talkers in these situations are pretty much used to this. Like they're used to being ushered out of places. That's that is the thing. I mean, and, that's and that's fine. Yeah. But and that, I would
0: even argue that that like some of them might not even realize it. The interesting part about this, right? The social awareness part sometimes for these people is actually lacking. I mean, we can do a whole other podcast and talk to a psychologist about why that is. But I do feel like sometimes they might not notice, but if they do, sometimes the second that you actually interject something in the way that we're going to help you to do that in this podcast, they get it. They're like, oh gosh, like, oh, I'll just tell it to you next time. Or they just move on to the next person who's going to be a captive audience, which could be if you have a front desk person. Front desk person, when Jesse and I were, it was just us two at Pelvic Sanity. We're in this like kind of big space because we decided to get a three room place, so we ended up turning into four rooms. So, but it was just me treating, and so I would do this at this point. I was doing this a little bit better already if I had this person, I would be like, you know who you you should go talk to right now while you're going to go schedule is Jesse. And then it was actually really funny. People would just like continue the conversation as if we were one person.
1: Yeah. I'd be getting the second half of the story. So we'd be starting halfway through. So after we got home from Disneyland, then we did this. I was like, wait, what happened at Disneyland? Hold on, Sherry, back up. (laughs) But Um, yeah, but you can, there's definitely other people too. They will find someone else to talk to or there's always next week. Yes. So I want to give you guys a couple of just really practical things, Nicole. One of the things that just working upstream eliminates a lot of this is truly taking control of that conversation in the last five.
0: You know, you guys have probably heard me talk about this on the podcast a million times and it's because I really think it's that important. As you know, or may not know I have something coined the last 10 and the last five, which is the last 10 minutes of an evaluation, the last five minutes of a treatment session. I cannot tell you how valuable this is to be really disciplined in it. The last five minutes of your treatment session really are, if you do this well, number one, you're going to train your patient to know that like that's your time and that's the end of the session. It really is. If you do this well, they're going to come to expect it. They're going to get all of their chatting in before you start your last five spiel. Mine has a very particular cadence where I talk about the same three things. So it everybody kind of gets it. Like That's just the, the cadence to the treatment session is that when we start the last five, it's like you're, the patient really isn't talking anymore because there's really no need to because we've covered everything that that we've needed to do, including chit-chatting. And so that's like the work upstream part of it is take control of the conversation in the last five, really have a couple of key phrases or sentences that you say almost every single time. So that if somebody were to observe you over the course of two or three days, they would be able to start to say exactly what you would be saying. They can almost predict what you would be saying because it's so similar. And it's actually really funny. One of the people that I was mentoring and she was shadowing me for a long time because she was a student and she came in. And so she would see me treat over and over and over again. And then she ended up almost verbatim doing the same last five because it was just so ingrained in the way I was talking. And then her last five you know, was my last five and it
1: was awesome. And it doesn't have to be different for every person or every time. I think that's one of the things that should be freeing. Sometimes I feel like that feels scripted or it feels rehearsed. And frankly, it kind of shouldn't be, but you are going to have a script in your head. It's just whether or not it's a well thought out and deliberate one, or have you just gotten into a verbal rut at the end of this?
0: A lot of people say this to me where it's like, oh, it just feels so forced. It feels so scripted. And it's like, right, but the words, the way that you deliver the words are what's not scripted about it. So sometimes it's a little bit more upbeat. Sometimes it's a little bit more, I don't know if I want to use the word somber, but it's a little bit more serious. You know, the the way that you deliver that is what is still individualized for each patient, but we're still talking about the same three things. We're talking about it in the same exact time of your session. And there should be a little bit of a cadence so that people can predict what's going on. I really believe too that if when your sessions are structured in a way, this can be a whole other podcast, when your sessions are structured in a way that is predictable, that presents a lot of safety for people. And in that nervous system category of most of our patients are upregulated frankly, whether or not they have pain, if they have a pelvic floor problem, then a lot of times there's an autonomic dysregulation happening. The more predictable your sessions can be just in their general structure, the safer that patients are going to feel. And so it's okay to have that The same thing that you say every time, the same phrase. I always start my sessions with saying, what do you have to report to me? Because at the end of my last five, I'm saying, when you come back, I want you to be able to report to me these things. And so people will start to like get it and they start to repeat it back to me. And it's a very safe thing that happens there.
1: Absolutely. And you, Nicole, kind of show that this is the last five by having them sit up, having them change. What are the indicators that people have that it's showtime?
0: So if I am ending my session with some sort of exercise or up off the table and I'm not doing anything internal at that point, then I will actually probably 10 or 15 minutes um, before have them change. So I step out, I say something like, okay, so for the last section here that we're going to do, we're going to, I'm actually going to have you change so that we can move around a little bit better. I'm going to step out, wash my hands and come back in. And then we, and then they're already changed. So in that way, sometimes I'll, even when I step back in, I just strip the linens off of the bed. So at least then you know, everything's like a clean surface in there. And so then we just go about our time and then they're already dressed. And so the last five will just start either just sitting in the chair or even standing a little bit. It doesn't really matter where the patient is at that point. You just need to start the conversation with five minutes to go in the session, Uh, but they're already dressed. If I have structured a session where the internal thing is sort of the last thing that we're doing and they're on the table at our clinic, they have a gown and a, and a towel over their waist area usually. And so I will be narrating what we're doing and stuff like that. And then I'll be like, okay, we'll exit. And then I'll say like, why don't you go ahead and sit up? And at that time, there's a very clear, they're not still laying on the table. We're not there. We're done with the treatment mode of the session. So I have them sit up and then we are talking face to face with them looking at me and we are doing starting the last five at that point. If I know somebody is a super chatty Kathy and I'm super comfortable with them, so and they feel like they want to stand up and they start to do something and go over to where their clothes are and stuff like that, then sometimes I'll even flip the room with them right there. I'll strip the the linens and then if they start talking and I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to put the new sheets on ready for my next person. So there's all of those tricks too, so that you are actually preparing a little bit for the next session while the other person's in there. It's not rude. You can still be very present with the conversation and then you would find a way to get into your last five.
1: And then you also talk to Nicole about that final sentence being so important to just have a final really directional do this kind of sentence that doesn't brook more conversation. You're certainly not into the thing with, well, if you have any other questions.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a tendency for a lot of folks as practitioners is to let me know if you have any questions or, you know, we we learn from people like Christina Holland and and all these amazing people that are talking about how to communicate better with uh, patients. Like what questions do you have for me? That is not part of the last five that all should be happening before. So in the last five, it's kind of like your show, your show time now. So it's summarizing it's doing all the things that we talked about in the last five. And then it's, but you should have one final sentence that is, in my opinion, should be pretty directional and it can be a logistical directional or it can be bring something back to me next time. So logistical directional would be like, hey, I want you to stop by at the front desk and talk to so-and-so about scheduling out more appointments once a week. So it's very much, this is what you're doing now. Why don't you follow me out here? You're walking up there with them if he, if that can work with the flow of your situation. But it's very like directional. It's it's telling them something to do, to bring back, to be done. It it signifies the end of a sentence. Usually your voice can have a downward inflection then. And it's just very clear that it's done if you have that same final sentence.
1: Right. And if it's not go up to the front and schedule, what's another one that you use if it's more... I don't know, you want them to do something for you if if they're already scheduled out or if it was only you in the clinic.
0: So if they're already scheduled out, if it's only you in the clinic, then you're just saying, I'm saying, thanks, Kathy. Like Now remember, uh, that bladder diary, I need you to be filling that stuff out. It's going to suck. You're not going to like me, but please make sure to bring that back. It's going to be such important information.
1: Period. Period. That's and it, and then
0: she goes, oh, "Okay, good, good, good," and be like, "Great, hey, have a have a good day, bye." So it's like that's the kind of thing that we want. It's something that I'm like, I'm bringing it back to being like, "What about the next time? Do you, What do I need from you? What do? What do you need to do? What is happening? It's your time for you to take control of that situation and tell them stuff. Tell them something to
1: do. And just as an aside, if you were a solopreneur or a business owner. Find a way to put on your front desk hat and not necessarily literally, although if you have a front desk hat, I would love to see a picture of it. That would be so
0: awesome if <laughs> you just put a front desk on no more clinical talk. I just need to talk about your scheduling and your payment, please.
1: <laughs> but can you get them to a different space? Can you move behind a different desk? Can you create a different environment where it's not clinician and patient anymore, but it's someone checking out and the front desk? And then also look upstream because you shouldn't be having to schedule every single week. You should be scheduling people out significantly further and making life easier on both them and yourself. So, Nicole, that should do it for 95% of your chatty cats. If you do that so well, is that pretty fair?
0: I would say that, yeah.
1: Okay. So, that extra 5% and we all know somebody <laughs> who lands in that 5%.
0: And they're so nice. They are so nice, these
1: people. Yeah, it wouldn't be difficult <laughs> if they weren't, right?
0: Right, right. If they're a jerk, you'd be like, "All right, bunny, peace out." But yeah,
1: and guys, guys are probably—I don't know. You want to generalize? Are they better or worse? I feel like we're worse just from seeing sitting at the front. I feel like that there's something after. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because they've been in a vulnerable thing, or maybe it's because they see me and they latch onto another guy in the clinic.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I that's actually interesting. Just gendered. Question: I feel like, what do I actually feel? I kind of feel like as a whole, it's more likely that you'll get a Chatty Cathy that's female. This is super gendered, obviously. But I feel like the male patients that are Chatty Cathy's will like talk somebody, anybody under the bus. Like, I feel like it's not likely that they will be one, but oof, when they are, it's like... Ooh, talkie Timmy over there is, is really going and that they're the kind of person that I might come out of my next session and they're still for the front I I'm thinking about one person at our clinic where I'm like oh yeah he's, he's still here Jesse has gotten zero things done except for create a wonderful alliance a therapeutic alliance with that person
1: so if you've got that that person though that this stuff doesn't work on you've ended your sentence authoritatively directionally voice going down doesn't work, what do you do? Uh, You've already given one thing of like actually flipping the room over there, right? Indicating, Hey, like there's somebody else that's going to be coming in here.
0: Yeah. The thing is, is that some people might find that rude. I just feel like it's, it's just a natural thing to do. I just start doing it. So they get, it's kind of like a win-win. I'm still moving towards being able to be done with that session and they're still getting to talk, and then there's an act that I'm doing that has an end to it. That it's like when that's done, then I'm moving my way towards the door. Then I'm saying, "Here, why don't you come out here and finish the story out here?" Because you need a break. You need a break in the conversation, a break in the way that you were interacting, to signify to them socially that like this is now over. And I feel like the the most of the issues with this and people especially that don't want to be rude are sitting there and then asking follow-up questions and doing stuff. And like, there's a time for engaging in conversation. And I'm not saying don't connect with your patient. What I am saying, though, is that this... Is not the time to do that. We're not connecting really well in this last five minutes when we have a job to do. We need to get them done. We need to go wash our hands. We need to flip the room. We need to receive our next patient. We need to do our reset ritual. We need to do all the things. There's a lot of things that they're not thinking of that we actually, as practitioners, need to make sure that we're doing to keep ourselves grounded, to make sure we're receiving the next patient, all that stuff. So, starting to flip the room. We've already talked about making them change. but having something where you're doing an act that, even like clearing up your desk or folding your laptop down, something that signifies to them, like, we need to wrap this bad boy up. Like you've done all of your clinical stuff. Now we're just sort of in this weird space of chatty Cathy. and then we need to find some sort of physical act that we are like, completing done, moving on.
1: I think one of the other things that you say that's really helpful is find a way to mention your next patient. Because you're right, a lot of these people are trying to mess up your day. They're not even thinking about that. But how do you work in, oh, you know, hold that thought. I want to be make sure I'm on time for my next patient. So I'm going to flip the room real quick.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's literally what I say. So the other thing is, is like, you know, patients, when they are in the patient role, and they mostly are when we're... Treating them and stuff—they're actually really selfish, and they should be selfish. It's—it is about them. They need to be putting themselves first and all the things. But sometimes that bleeds over into social constructs as well, where they don't even realize that because they're like the first time someone's actually listening to them. Like you might be that first person that they have actually had a meaningful, deep conversation with about something that's very personal to them, so they feel really connected to you. We've had podcasts about this as well where it's actually hard because they might feel that you're very much in the friend zone. And I'm very much in in the fact that practitioners are not, we're not friends with our patients, period. But that whole time that somebody is really connecting with you and chatting it up at the end, when there's really some clear signals that they're not picking up, then we need to interject. And and interrupt, and that's what we have to do. And so I might say to somebody, like, hey, you know what, Kathy, hold that thought right now. In fact, hey, why don't you step outside? I'm gonna finish doing this. I'm gonna go get my next patient and we can finish the conversation. Narrating that for them and mentioning the fact that you have another patient, a lot of times we'll like kick them into like, oh yeah because they're much, very much enthralled in their own words and all that kind of stuff. So they'll be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm here and I'm done and we can talk next time.
1: So that hopefully gives you guys some really good tips and tricks for dealing with this kind of difficult situation. So your takeaway from this episode is actually to look forward on your schedule and identify the people who are Chatty Cathy's or you've had that problem with before see who they are in your schedule and get ready to practice this. And really that upstream bit of working and practicing and taking control of being authoritative in that last five will eliminate 95% of these problems. And then the rest of these little tricks that Nicole gave you will help you with that, that final 5% that you need to take care of.
0: Totally. And I have one final tidbit of information for you that might help here would be in that, Final thing. I want you to think about a comment. I want you to think about a comment. There's no questions. There's no there's no other things. It's a comment and it's a wow, that sounds so interesting. I'm so excited to hear more about that next week. Period. Period. <laughs> so I hope that this is helpful. These wonderful, wonderful chatty cathy people are the most amazing patients. They're probably some of your most fun people. Um, They are the ones who you're probably most personally interested in to talk to. So that makes them just a little bit harder to deal with and to just be a good authoritative practitioner with them, but it is possible. And I really want you all to have a really good way to manage this, manage your time better. You will be a better practitioner for it.
1: All right, guys, so that's what we've got for you today. If you are a business owner and are interested in taking your business to the next level starting in 2024, you will want to get on the wait list for our next cohort of the accelerator program. You can head to pelvicptrisingcom accelerator for that and make sure you're on the wait list for first priority there. And we love hearing back from you guys. So if this is helpful, if you implement this and it works. If you implement it and it doesn't, we would love to hear back from you guys. As always, we want to keep this conversation going.
0: And let's continue to rise.